Andy, welcome back to One Off The Wood. I shouldn't say welcome to you, mate, because we are One Off The Wood. I don't need to welcome you to the stage. You can welcome, welcome me. welcome the listeners. You can, you're oh. allowed to welcome me. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome for you and for the listeners. People are here today for a good story. Um, fuck me. It's one of the, the best stories I think uh, we've recorded on the podcast. And there's been big things happening on One Off The Wood this month, um, hopefully going forward as well. So... Uh, listen up, one off the wood listeners, Andy. Mate, before we get into this story, so we, we will get to the shark story, but firstly, when was the last time you shaved that quarantine bush in your pants was? Because today, one off, it was a rhetorical question, I know it's a long time ago, but <laughs> today's episode of One Off The Wood is brought to you by Manscaped. It's the best men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. So it was good news. Manscaped has just launched in Australia. We haven't had the right tools for the job here down under, but now we do. And uh, you've been experiencing the Manscaped products. How's it going for you? That was just brilliant. Epically smooth. Just like my nutsack right now. <laughs> Mate, um, that was smooth <laughs> like your nutsack. You're right though, big news, One Off The Wood is now brought to you by Manscaped. They've sent you and I both a package um, of kit here. We've got the full full kit. I've got the my, my Manscaped shaver in the pouch right now. I don't know if you can hear it. A package for your package. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my package, recently trimmed, very smooth. It's like a vintage car, mate. It's sitting in the garage, polished up to the nines, but not going anywhere. Too, too special to, uh, too special to take to, out to in public. Take out. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, yeah, mate. It's, uh, look, I was just, I don't know. I've, I've got a, I shaved my head, obviously, and I've, I've tried, and I have in the past for many years, used the same clippers for the, for the head, for the face, for the body, for the, for dangerous. the, for the package. And it is dangerous. And I've had accidents and especially on the balls, like, the manscaped is really good for the balls and it's good for the for the other areas as well but i was just we were talking about float tanks the other week and you sometimes you don't realize you've nicked your balls but if you go and get one in one of those float tanks which is like really salty water you find out pretty quickly that you have nicked your balls but none of that with manscaped none of that at all so i'm i'm actually quite impressed with my little um with my little, I don't know what they've got. The lawnmower 3.0. This the is lawnmower the third 3. version. So it's got, yep. It's got a um a fancy light on it, which is pretty special. But um, I actually I thought, you know what, is this a gimmick? When they sent it to me, I thought I'll give this a crack and I'll try and cut myself. So I pulled up a bit of the skin on my on my, the back of my fingers and I tried to tried to chop it. You know, it looks a little bit like on the back of your knuckles. It looks a little bit like ball skin. Like a hairdresser would. Give it a little would. nick. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't actually cut myself, and I, it is completely different to the hair trimming shavers. So now you want to separate that business, right? You've got the beard trimmers. Of course, this can be used for it as well. But you know, you don't really want to be mixing that sort of stuff where you're at. And this is a weapon. So yeah, agreed. The and undercarriage. It's got, it's only little. It's you've got a USB charger. It's got the light, so you can see what you're doing. 
it is for the for the jewels and I used it for my actual chest and whatnot and it works pretty well. Uh, you can also use it in the shower. It's waterproof, which is pretty cool. So I recommend and, it. And pretty quiet as well. I don't know about you, but my hair trimmer is very loud. So this is like a little sneaky. You could have a bird over and just do a little quick little whip to the mm. to the bathroom, turn the tap on quite loud and just give it a little touch up, you know, if you, if you wanted to, if that you so desired. <laughs> Mate, I think a pit stop... Just touch up the bum hair is uh, sometimes what's required if you're on a date. So, look, we'll, we'll tell you more about Manscaped uh, through the month. But, look, if it sounds like something you're interested in, and I think you are interested in it, then head to manscaped.com and use the code, which is 1OTW for one off the wood. That'll give you 20% off and free shipping. So, Manscaped have come to Australia. So, uh, yeah, get yourself one and shave your balls smooth. Absolutely. There's lots of different packages for your packages on uh, on the website as well, so you can pick, choose what you want. There's a ripper, but we will be talking more about it. Anyway, people aren't here to hear about your undercarriage. Or I, my I could talk about it all day if we had to. Polished vintage car. Um, they're here to talk about one off the woods. Um, Andy, I'll give you some stats I'm going to talk to you about this first so around the world on average every year four people are killed by unprovoked shark attacks that's who's out there provoking sharks <laughs> anyway carry it's on it's a good question <laughs> i think people do spear fishing maybe not sure it's those goddamn it- marine botanists <laughs> they're provoking them <laughs> Anyway, in 2011, uh, WA, just when I'd moved here, 2011, 2012, recorded five fatal shark attacks in a nine-month period, all between Bunker Bay and Wedge Island, which is about 400 kilometres of coastline, so a really narrow range. Quite a freaky place to be moving to. This year in Australia, we've had seven fatal shark attacks already. Um, Even just last week, there was one down in Townsville or up in Townsville, depending on where you live in the country. Um, quite a scary situation. I'm going to read you a few names. So Gary Johnson, Zach Robber, Rob Bedretti, Matthew Tratt, Manny Hard-Deville, Nick Slater, and Andrew Sharp was the last one in Esperance there. And there's one name that doesn't appear on that list, and it's my mate, Phil Mummett. On July 31st, with two shark-related fatalities already recorded in Australia, Phil paddled out at Bunker Bay for a surf, just a Friday lunchtime surf. It was a pretty standard day. Bunker Bay is relatively sheltered. It's on the north side of Cape Naturalist, so it only breaks when you get a lot of swell. It's known for rich holiday houses, very nice sheltered swimming beaches, and uh, a fatal shark attack on bodywater Kyle Burden in 2011. So... Last week, I got to sit down with Phil and take one off the wood down in Dunsborough. Uh, we had a few tins at the pub, watched footy, and uh, he got to take us through that day. So it's a pretty hectic listen, um, a pretty graphic story, really, and one I wasn't too sure about sort of chatting to him about because I wanted to hear it. I wanted to know what happened and give him the time to tell it, and I wasn't sure if he'd be nervous about it at all, but it turns out he was kind of frothing to tell it, and... Um, yeah, it was pretty good. So if you've got it queued up there, mate, we might as well give it a spin. Yeah, look, 
we'll we'll throw to the to the yarn now. It's a great story, and we'll come back afterwards, and we can shoot the shit about it and get back to our regular episode. But yeah, here's uh, was chatting to Phil about the worst case scenario in Dunsborough. Um, on Friday, the thirty first, is that when it was? That's right. Yeah. Friday thirty first. So I was at work. We're actually heading down. Had my car packed to go to Margs, and then oh, yeah? standard like group message comes through it's like oh someone's been attacked it's standard and i was like oh yeah where's this like bunker bay is like oh fuck we're coming down to stay down here as well and i was like oh this is you know standard west australian going on again it's like oh yeah anyway drove down and then we got down here found out that it was you yeah right. and i was like holy shit i think um slats might have actually messaged me i was like man that brings it so much closer to home yeah someone you actually know and yeah, it's hectic. So, if if you want to start at the start, mate, and just take us through um, what happened on on July, like tell us, tell us, you obviously going for a surf. Like, what was the surf like? Let's start there. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I just got back from work the day before, working for IFO. Um, so I got back Thursday night, driven back down here Thursday night. It was my birthday while I was out at work. So Friday morning, like my missus had um like my presents and like she'd made me a nice breakfast and everything we're having a good a nice morning and um yeah and i'd gotten these um some new spotties to put on my car and so i was keen to do that and i was i was but i was like oh i haven't seen the ocean in a week i've been away at work for a week it's like should i do the spotlights or should we go to the beach and have a surf and i mean the worst surf wasn't great like it wasn't bumping or anything but it was like a couple of feet how big was it yeah, it was probably, oh, it was probably like three, four foot. Yeah. In, in Bunker Bay, so yeah, it was a big like, um, yeah, a big westerly swell. So I was wrapping around into the bay. Um, and it was a nice day, like offshore and like southwesterly. So I was offshore in bunkers, and um, it was nice. There was some nice waves coming through, but yeah. So I was like, oh, should I do the spotlights or should we go to the beach and have get wet? And um, of course, you're gonna go for a sure. surf. Yeah, so <laughs> actually, like, I had to think about. It. I was thinking about it for like a good 10, 15 minutes. Like, oh, which one? Which one? And then we're like, yeah, we'll go to the beach. Let's do it. So yeah, we um, rock up and yeah, it's a nice, beautiful day. Like sunny and nice, and some nice waves coming through, and nice, clean, clear water. And is it just you and Mish down there? Or are you down with mates? Surfing? Yeah, it was just us um, and Koa as well. Koa was down there. Um, the dog. Yeah, the dog. Um, so yeah, Mish usually just uh, takes the dog for a walk along the beach while I'm out surfing, and then. Do you know a few people yeah. in? You've lived down here for twelve months or more now, and do you know a few people in the water down there? Yeah, I didn't know anyone out there. Um, there was yeah when when I got there, there was maybe like five or six guys out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't know any of them. Um, and then yeah, I just paddled out. It was nice. I was just having a good session. I've probably been out for maybe I don't know half an hour, forty five minutes or so. And, um, yeah, all, I, you know, the rest is history. I don't remember the real start of it, but... Did, was there um, any eerie feeling? Like, are you someone that's actually kind of, you know, gets that feeling in the surf sometimes? I mean, I'd, I'm not particularly scared of sharks, but sometimes you just get that feeling and you've got to get out, you get in your own head. Do, do you do that? Yeah, do you I, um, I have, like, I've had it before, um, but I didn't have it this time. I didn't have any sense at all like didn't have any eerie feeling or nothing yeah so it's just um, a standard surf just standard surf it's just happy chilling out and um yeah so I was, I was sitting sitting on the board just waiting for a wave and um 
yeah, all of a sudden just bang, next thing I knew, I was off my board floating in the water and the board was broken in half and there was this massive, massive shark sitting right in front of me, pointed at me. So, um, so it's like it launched you off your board? Yeah, yeah. So it's come from like behind me and to the right, like on my right side and kind of from behind. So I didn't see it coming at all. Um, and yeah, it's just hit me and it's bitten kind of, it's bitten me and the board at the same time in that first impact. Um, and yeah, I mean, it kind of got the board mostly, I think, and that kind of broke some of the force. Yeah. Which I guess it's why I still have a leg. So you're just, um, you're sitting in the water and then it's come around or it's just stopped and like. Was, so yeah, was, so then I'm in the water and it's just, it's pointed directly at me um, and it's, it's almost, it's just kind of sitting there like about this, like its face is about here, like about 40 centimetres in front of my face. Um, and basically I didn't even like, by this stage, I still just didn't even know what was happening. And it took like good, like what felt like a few seconds for me to be like, oh shit, like this is actually happening. Like, I, yeah, I didn't even know what was going on at the start. And then, um, yeah, then, so the board was broken in half and the front half had floated off and there was bits of foam all everywhere, like looked like icebergs and floating in the water. And, but the back half was still obviously attached to my leg with my leggy. And so that was kind of sitting like right next to me. And I don't know what it was. I didn't even think, I don't remember any thoughts going through my mind. I just grabbed it and started shoving it into the shark's mouth. Um, was it looking at you? Could you see its eyes? Yeah. So it was, yeah. It was and how, how big a shark are we talking as well? It was massive, man. Like it was huge. It was so, cause it was pointed directly at me. So I could, at this stage, all I could see was like kind of its width. Yeah. And it was wide. Like it was so fat. It was like, like almost a meter and a half yeah like, yeah just sure. wide staring straight at you is it like they're like yeah. dark or what kind of color was it dude oh i hate to i yeah. hope this isn't digging up some horrendous memories I for am. you but i'm just like hell <laughs> in, intrigued like yeah i'm trying to picture what just, is going on and i think like a lot of these kind of details like that i don't really remember because i think i was just in so much shock and had so much adrenaline at the same time like a lot of those kind of, I don't really remember like yeah. super details like that, but um, yeah, I just, yeah, I remember how kind of wide it was and that was really it. And then, yeah, I just grabbed that back half of the board and started shoving it into its mouth, um, just hoping that if that was in between us, then, you know, maybe it'd be all right. Um, and then, so anyway, after a few seconds of doing that, it got bored of that and then it started circling me again and um were you near anyone else in the water i wasn't near i was probably like 20 meters away from the closest person but i wasn't the furthest out i was the furthest um like to the left um because have you surfed at the farm before yeah yeah so you know how like it kind of is like a frame breaks right and breaks left and it also on the bigger days it like there's a, it breaks further out on the big ones, but then the smaller ones kind of break further in. So I was just on the inside um, and I was sitting on the right before, getting the rights, and then 
kind of five minutes before it happened, I was like, oh, there looks like a couple of good lefts coming through. I go sit on the left and there was no one else over there. And um, yeah, so I was just over there. So yeah, I wasn't even the furthest out. And 20 meters when you're in the water, not sitting on a board with a shark circling out, it must feel like a massive distance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't like... So did people notice, notice straight away as well? Yeah, I think so. Because apparently someone had seen it just before it had got me. Like they'd seen its fin coming towards me and someone had supposedly yelled out shark, but I think it must have been like at the same time that it got me, because right? I don't remember hearing that at all. I don't remember hearing anything. Um, so yeah, people had seen it. And then, um, yeah, a lot of people. So at that stage, yeah, when it happened, I think there was nine of us in the water in total. And then, um, yeah, most people paddled in, but then this one guy, um, bloke called Alex is from down here, came straight over to me, which is pretty crazy. How's, how nuts is that fight or flight? You know, some people are just out and some people without even thinking, yeah. just like, oh, I've got to go help that guy. Yeah, exactly. Which is crazy. Cause like the shark was still there circling me. Like when he got over to me, it wasn't going anywhere. Um, and yeah, so he, he actually had to paddle around people. There were people paddling in between me and him and he had to like paddle around them to like get to me kind of thing. So like just insane on his behalf, man. Like it's just crazy. Yeah. And so at that point, well, well, I mean, you're probably not thinking too much, but now in reflection, do you think it's mistaken identity or do you think this thing was wanting a meal? It's kind of hit you and then he's circling around waiting for a It's kind of a hard one. Like uh, when I first, like when it first happened, I was like, oh, yeah, probably was just like mistaken identity. Like it was just kind of curious, whatever. But then like since I've kind of been like, yeah, actually he was hanging around and like did continue to circle and only went away because there ended up being three blokes in total that came over to me. Um, and the shark only went away when like all three guys were with me and like, I don't know, maybe felt intimidated or whatever. Like I wasn't used to things swimming towards it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> So, I don't know, maybe it was. Because, yeah, kind of as it's circling as well, it made a couple of, like, uh, kind of circles and then it, like, kind of comes at you um, but doesn't attack, kind of comes at you and then pulls out, like, at the last second kind of thing. So it did that once or twice as well. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely interested, absolutely, like... In what, so how know. did you get into the beach? So... Yeah, so then, so Alex came over and he was on a longboard, um, which was really lucky. And then um, two other guys came up as well. And then, yeah, so then they got to me and just pulled me up onto the front of his longboard. Um, and we just started paddling, man. We just started just, Club, yeah, trying just to get to the beach. <laughs> clubby style. Yeah, full on, yeah. So you were on the front of the board. He would have had his head head in your ass yeah, and it's did, like yeah. bleeding everywhere. Yeah. Like, oh man, that would have been <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, and then so my the back half of my board was still like on my leg and like dragging behind us. And then one of the other guys, um, Jess, was like, oh, it's getting tangled in Alex. Like he's trying to paddle us in. And um, it's like, yeah, attracting the shark along. It's like blood everywhere and all that. And um, so he comes up and like takes it off my leg and then... As he does that, we 
um, catch a wave, like takes us in and he misses it because he was fucking around with that. That's the nightmare, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. despite being attacked by a shark, that's the nightmare. Shark's yeah. in the water and you miss the wave. Yeah, exactly. So he's <laughs> hanging out, but he's... Yeah, left behind by himself out there with my fucking bitten in half board and just waiting on shooting himself. Um, but yeah, luckily, like, yeah, must have just swum off. Because by the, yeah, when the three guys got to me, I didn't see it again after that. Um, and one of the guys who had paddled into shore, I met up with him later and he actually said that as he was paddling into shore, it came after it had attacked me, it came towards him and then um, just apparently just kind of came at him. He saw the fin coming at him and then it just kind of went underneath him and fucked off. Checked out of there. Yeah. yeah right. So you got into the beach. All right. And if you, at this point you're like, all right, my foot is still attached. Probably a good thing. Yeah. So I didn't, fi- I didn't have any pain at all. Like I think I just had so much adrenaline that it just blocked it out fully. Um, and, but I could feel like something was kind of wrong with my leg. Um, and But it was kind of weird because there was no pain. I was like, oh, I must be fine kind of thing, like whatever. That, like shock and adrenaline and like, yeah, you, that sort of stuff just blocks out. Yeah, just, just blocked it out. But anyway, um, yeah, so we get to the sand and um, so I'm just lying on, yeah, lying on this bloke's longboard and they start like kind of using it as a stretcher to kind of like, pick me up and take me up to the beach and stuff um and yeah that's when I'm trying to like look back at my leg to to see what's happened um and then yeah the guys next to me are like oh man like don't look like you don't want to look at it kind of thing (laughs) did you Um, look yeah I got a bit of a glimpse and just kind of saw like yeah like my wetsuit was like had been ripped open kind of down the leg and I could see a bit of blood but it wasn't bleeding heaps by this point um so I've kind of like, yeah, it didn't really freak me out by saying it. I was kind of like, oh yeah, like it's not too bad really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then, um, so that bloke who was paddling in and the shark came towards him, he then, he works in mining, so he's got like first aid training and stuff. So he just, as soon as I was in the shallow water, um, he just clamped his hands around the um, injury and just, and he held on from that moment until the paramedics got there. Which just was to like, stop the blood flow. Yeah, because it was kind of, it's too high up um, to like tourniquet because it goes up to like my hip area. Yeah. So they couldn't put like a tourniquet on it or anything. Um, so he just had his hands around it and just held on for, yeah, half half an hour or 40 minutes until the paramedics got there. I've seen a few photos of you guys sitting in the shade, you know, there's a board, there's someone holding the board up, someone holding your leg together. Yeah. It's like, everyone seems pretty jovial at this point. What, what was the vibe like? You, I mean... It, yeah, it was. It was pretty... Everyone was pretty chill. Like, at the very start, when we first got to the beach, people were kind of freaking out. Um, and, yeah, they were trying to, like, get me up to... So, behind the beach is, like, a, a farm, and so there's, like, paddocks up there. Um and one guy had parked his car, had like knows the owners, so he gets to drive down and he'd parked his car up there. So they were like, oh, take him to the car so we can drive him to hospital or whatever. And um, so they were all there. Yeah, they were trying to, using the surfboard as a stretcher. Like I was just lying on it and they, there was like what, six or eight guys around like lifting it up and kind of, yeah, everyone was like real freaking out, like adrenaline and everything, like trying to run. And then they almost dropped me. <laughs> and then I just, yeah, I remember someone just being like, 
guys, everyone, like, calm down, like, just... The, the mining bloke pulls out a take five and he goes, hang yeah, on, I haven't got a JHA for this. <laughs> yeah. We need to sort this out first. Exactly right. Have we got the right approvals? <laughs> Do the paperwork. Um, yeah, and then kind of after that, after whoever it was said that, like everyone just kind of, you know, take a breath, like calm down, like we need to kind of do this right and um, could make it worse otherwise, I guess. Um, then that just kind of, yeah, everyone just kind of reset and seemed to just kind of calm down. Um, and yeah, anyway, they ended up just yeah taking me up to into this paddock, and yeah, we were just sitting down there waiting for the paramedics to come. But um, and did that seem like it took ages? How long? How long did it actually take? It actually yeah, it actually took about almost forty minutes. Um, yeah, it did seem like a long time, but I just I felt really comfortable through the whole thing. Like there was so many people around, and. Um, everyone kind of knew, seemed like they knew what they were doing. Like I had, I had the guy holding the wound, like there was people like calling triple zero and whatever. And, um, yeah, like I was pretty calm and just, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it wasn't really, no one was really panicking by this stage. Shit way to get a cheap scenic flight to Perth. Yeah. <laughs> from, from Margaret River. Yeah. But, uh, so they put, you got in a chopper and then ended up in hospital. Yeah. So actually, yeah, the cops were the first to arrive. So the police came and then. Um, what, what'd they do? Yell at it? Yeah. <laughs> Point a gun. <laughs> Trying to arrest it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Use they, the handcuffs. They didn't really do much. They just kind of, yeah, I don't know what they did though. Just kind of hanging out, seeing what was going on, and then about five minutes later, I think, then the paramedics came, and that's yeah, they ended up like yeah, cutting my wetsuit off, giving me the grain whistle and everything. How's the whistle? It was good. Yeah. Real good. Yeah, it was nice. You get? Did you not hold back on it? Yeah, I, I went through two of them, I think. Oh, good lad. <laughs> you got to take that opportunity. Yeah, that's exactly. a lesson to anyone listening. You get the green whistle, say yes, yeah, you and say more. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't even need it. Like when they when he offered it to me, I was I didn't need it. Like I still couldn't feel any pain, and. But he offered it to me. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to take yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll have a little crack. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so, yeah, that ended up being pretty good. And then, yeah, they put me in the back of the Ambo. Um, and, yeah, they were just kind of, I don't know what they did. They gave me some injections or whatever, like pain stuff as well. And, um, they, yeah, they were just kind of waiting, keeping me warm and everything until the helicopter got there. Um, and, yeah, then the yeah, chopper landed in the paddock and we got in there and... Um, so yeah, Mish was there through the whole thing and um, she didn't see it when it first happened. She was down the other end of the beach. Um, and so when we first got to the sand, I was like to one of the guys, I was like, you gotta go get my missus, she's down the end of the beach. And um, so yeah, he ran down and kind of was trying to tell her what was going on. And she was like, what? Like, yeah, you supposed to, do you know who I am? Like, why, why are you talking to me? <laughs> and then um, yeah, eventually, they kind of worked out that, yeah, he didn't know who she was and it was me that got attacked and everything. And then um, he was like, oh, it's not that serious, but maybe you should run. Um, <laughs> and then not, It's not too serious. Yeah. Quickly come down and say goodbye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the second bloke got to her like just after and he was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so she's like, she yeah, starts just sprinting. It's about like a, almost a kilometre probably from like where she was to where I was. She yeah, just runs up and then um, anyway, yeah, by the time she got to me, kind of everything was under control and so she wasn't freaking out. But then when the helicopter got there, the paramedics 
told her that she couldn't get on the helicopter, like there was no room, but she'd already given the dog and the car and my car keys to a guy who was going to take the car home for us. She moved on quickly then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, and then so she starts freaking out then because now she's like stuck at, like going to be stuck at the beach with no way to get home and it's just been told she's not allowed to get on the helicopter. Um, but anyway, after about yeah, 15 minutes of her having a bit of a whinge about it, they, they, they let her on. Her on. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Mish, do you want to, can, you can jump on a mic. Come, come on over, Mish. Mish. This is Phil's partner who was on the beach. I'm just... Oh, that dog. We're having a rest. Oh, my God. Right in the nuts. Oh, yeah. Good. Thanks. Um, yeah, just give us a, a, a couple of minutes of um, what it was like to be... How, when old mate came and found you on the beach and you're like, nah, different Phil. That's not my Phil. Well, so when he came up to me, the first words that came out of his mouth was like... Um, Oh, he's been um, bitten by a shark. It's taken a chunk out of its le- out of his leg. And I was like, who? <laughs> yeah, well, who are I was you, like, mate? Do you know who you're talking to? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was just so confused because, like, I don't know, how did was he talking about Phil? Like, obviously he was, but like, what? I don't know. I was really confused. Like, obviously in shock. And yeah, it was about like a kilometer down the beach. <laughs> so I was already walking back in that direction, and. Um, Uh, I could see, so before the guy came to me, I could see them like waving their arms up in the air. And, um, you know, when someone does that, you kind of like ignore them just in case they're not looking at you. So I was just like, oh, just to save myself the embarrassment in case it wasn't for me. But um, there were also, because I was near, um, you know, uh, Boneyards, like the other surf break. Um, So they were also trying to get those people out of the water as well. but I didn't know that at the time. And then I kind of assumed, I think my, f- my first thought was that they were, um, they were all gathering because I could see them all gathering like way in the distance. But I thought it was to do with like a fire because I could see all this smoke. So I was like, ooh, and then I started taking some photos. <laughs> Classic. This would be good for the likes. Little did you know the likes are going to go through the roof. <laughs> this is better. Um, better than a fire film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so as Phil said, um, he was like, oh, you know, like, it's not bad, but maybe you should run. So I was like, like running down the beach and um, and then the next guy to get to me was like, um, oh, because the first guy said, oh, it's not bad. And the second guy was like, oh, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so I was just like sprinting down and finally got there. But then um, I, I, I seemed pretty calm, like, when I saw Phil, because like, everyone was around him and like looking after him but at the same time I was like still in shock obviously um and I don't know (laughs) it was it was kind of like an awkward like was it was all like happening but at the same time we have to wait like 40 minutes (laughs) for the ambulance to come (laughs) um so we're all just like I don't know I felt kind of calm because everyone seemed to know what they were doing and they were like holding his leg together and everything um, but yeah, I think I was just mostly in shock. That's it. You definitely feed off people around you. Like some people would have been a nightmare to have in yeah. those situations and then it just sets everybody else off. Yeah. So it's if someone like, was there like crying, bawling their eyes out, like freaking out, I'd be doing the same thing, but everyone seemed so like calm and they knew what they were doing. So, um, it was good to have all those people around. Yeah. Epic. Mm-hmm. And, um, free flight to Perth, obviously. And 
But, uh, <laughs> well, actually, so they weren't sure whether they were going to go to Bustleton or Bunbury or um, Perth. Um, and then the ambulance was – because I assumed we were going to get an ambulance, but the ambulance um, came but didn't take us anywhere. The helicopter ended up taking us to Bunbury instead of Perth, but we weren't sure for a very long time. When, um, when that sort of stuff happens, I'm always intrigued. Like how quick were the media to jump on? So quick, like our our, like friends and family were finding out before I'd even told them, which was scary. Um, And obviously, like no one wants to find out that kind of stuff, like through the media. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, like um, the first person I called was his mum, of course. Um, I probably called her at the worst possible time because I was calm for like waiting for like the ambulance and everything and it wasn't until the helicopter came and I started like freaking out and crying <laughs> and then I was like oh this is a good time to call Phil's mum yeah. <laughs> that was not a fun phone call to make um but yeah so um when we were at the hospital I just did like um a post so everyone knew that he was okay because a lot of people were, like freaking out because obviously a shark attack like you don't know how that's gonna turn out but um yeah, I just did like a quick Facebook post to let all friends and family know what had happened. Um, but yeah, with the media, so it was fucking full on. Um, so before before we'd even got, so we were still in the helicopter, right? I mean, hadn't even got to Bunbury yet to the hospital and Channel 7 had already rocked up at my parents' house. At your parents' house? Yeah, yeah. in Perth. I'd ro- Channel 7 had rocked up there like, full camera, like microphone, everything like, oh, your son's just been attacked by a shark. Like what's happening? Like, can we do an interview? And they're like, what? we literally found out off the phone like 15 minutes ago. Like, How do they even pull this information? Like straight into the phone book. They're old yeah. school, the media, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know, man. They just, somehow they just knew and they got over there and my mum was just like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know. And they, yeah, so they were like, um, they were packed, like, ready to come down to Bunbury, but we still didn't know if we were going to stay in Bunbury or if we were going to be going to Perth. And so they were just uh, sitting in the house, just, like, kind of ready to go to Bunbury, but also just waiting for us to say if we were coming to Perth. Um, and, yeah, then Channel 7 just rocks up. And what about, do they come to the hospital? Do they get a full free reign in hospital? Just No, nah, they were not allowed like... inside. Um, so, actually, when we... so. The helicopter didn't land at the hospital. It landed like just at the airport and then we got another ambulance from the airport to the hospital. And yeah, when we rocked up at the hospital, there was a full media party like waiting out the front doors kind of thing, um, trying to catch a glimpse. And yeah, they ended up putting like, they drove another ambulance kind of in front of us to like block the cameras kind of thing, but they still went somehow. It's so full on, isn't it? Like, I don't know. And I think it's our society today. Like we everyone wants to see that sort of stuff and mm. you know it, but i just can't imagine working as that like oh, that's what your be, job is yeah. to stick your camera in someone's face who's had a trauma like yeah, instantly exactly. yeah, be shocking. Um, but yeah so i didn't have my phone with me but obviously mish and my mom had their phone so all the media were like somehow had gotten their numbers and everything and contacting them like absolutely handing them um and um yeah, so then anyway, we ended up like Channel 7 wanted to do this like exclusive, um, have an exclusive agreement so that I wouldn't talk to anyone else except for them. Um, and what, they pay you for that? Yeah, so ended up getting a bit of coin for that. So yes. yeah, I ended up accept, accepting that and yeah, 
So that's how they do it. Yeah, exactly. We'll yeah, get the exclusive. Money, you need yeah, it. Yeah. I'm just thinking for when you know it happens to me. Yeah, exactly. Right, thinking, you got to yeah. be ready for it. Be ready for the uh, take for the, the exclusive offer. Take the exclusive offer, but maybe not the first one. <laughs> well, so I didn't know. So we took the first one because um, like no one else had actually offered money, whereas they had actually offered like an amount, and no one else had actually offered any money. But um, <laughs> there's a guy that. Like, like, yeah, we're kind of mates, um, but I haven't seen him in years. But he works for Channel 9, and he was in contact with my mum, being like, oh, like, I'm good mates with Phil. Like, I work for Channel 9. It would be wicked if, like, you know, I can get an interview with him. And I'd already, like, we'd already accepted this Channel 7 one. And, like, mum was just like, oh, no, sorry. Like, we've done this exclusive. And um, he, they're still, like, hounding, like, oh, like, we can still get around it. Like, what have they <laughs> offered you? Like, we can offer you this and whatever. And anyway, yeah, there was so many people, like... like Oh, he got in the hospital, did he? Well, a guy from Channel 9, so I shouldn't Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, anyway. No, it, was, it was so full on. And then, yeah, for probably the next, like, three or four days afterwards, it was yeah, really full on as well, just constant messages. And, like, I just had to say to everyone, like, oh, I've done this. So with the Channel 7 exclusive, like, I couldn't talk to anyone else for a week, for seven days afterwards. Um, till it's old news. Till, yeah, till it's old news again. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're happy uh, to have old news on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, anyway, it was so full on. Like, yeah, it actually really made me realise, like, you know, the celebrities that complain about the paparazzi and all that, and everyone's kind of like, oh, get over it. Like, what you're do you famous. Yeah, yeah, they probably get paid more than you do, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But it kind of gave me an appreciation just with that little brush with it. I was like, oh, actually, you know what? That would be pretty shit having these guys hounding you the whole time. It, yeah. yeah, good. So you got into hospital and, and everything's obviously fine. What's the what was the verdict? Did you what damage did actually happen? Because the cut, like, and we'll put put some pictures up so people can see. But like, it's really clean, long, like a zipper, just straight from your knee to your hip. Yeah, in one line and a few little cuts around it. There's no chunk or anything as you might imagine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So talking to the fisheries guys um, and some of the shark scientists. What are they called? With I called them water botanists on a previous botanists. episode of One Off the Wood. That's probably I think they're marine biologists. Is the, <laughs> I've been corrected since. <laughs> but yeah, water go on. Botanists. Marine biologists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, the water botanist was like, what? so what he, anyway, no one knows, but what he kind of thought was that sharks have like really good control over their mouths and they can... Um, they can like bite or stop biting within like milliseconds kind of thing. Like, so he reckons that it's kind of gotten me in the board in that first bite, but halfway through kind of biting down, it's realized that like, it's not what it wants kind of thing. It's probably got a jaw of foam and fiberglass. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, this it's isn't good. A, yeah, like, it's got a mouthful of foam and he's like, oh no, don't want that. And not so those kind of, East Coast boards. These yeah. things are rank. <laughs> it's and, epoxy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's kind of stopped biting. And then, but because it's hit me with so much force at the same time, like that's, I really remember that of that first impact is just like the amount of force that it hit me with. Um, and like my hip, my hip bone is still like bruised um, from just from like that force. And... So, because I've been moving, but it's kind of stopped biting, I think it's just like scraped, my legs just kind of scraped down its teeth, which is why it's like a 
long kind of yeah scrape rather than a chomp through yeah. my leg and better like because it's completely vertical rather than being lateral where you might have done an artery or come around or yeah well yeah there's this small one up the top here um yeah it was about three centimeters away from cutting my femoral artery shit um and, and how many stitches did you end up with uh all the stitches are internal so i just had staples on the outside and just just a couple of staples yeah, yeah. Was, what was that 63 staples I that's think. that's enough yeah. <laughs> yeah and did you tear your quad or anything like what's the um damage? yeah it's down to yeah it's into the muscles um so there's like a big uh tendon between like your glute muscles and your hip bone so it's kind of it's damaged that it hasn't like cut it completely but it's damaged that um and then yeah damage to kind of this muscle the um itb down there um people hate those they're the worst one the injury worst. You, people you got to roll them out you yeah, just got to cut off roll, chop yeah. it off yeah, that's right <laughs> <laughs> get rid of it um but yeah i mean really in terms of how it could have been it just got off so lightly yeah absolutely and you're back to health now i've got to know have you, have you been back in the water since i haven't been able to surf um i've been back for a swim so we already had this trip book up booked up to exmouth um before it all happened and we were supposed to be going like camping and fall driving and everything um and then after obviously the attack we were like oh what are we going to do about it um we ended up kind of not yeah we didn't want to cancel it so we just kind of still went but we just changed everything to hotels instead of camping um and yeah so we still went and that was really good because yeah, get up there to the warmth and like the clear water and that was the first time i got back in the water just take a holiday to the sharkiest joint in australia pretty much <laughs> like there's so many sharks up there yeah, so did you see did, <laughs> no they're all well fed yeah exactly. but, so you got in the water and did you go to turquoise bay you would have seen sharks there we did go to turquoise bay i didn't see any sharks at turquoise um we did say so the first time i got in the water so we had a um one of those tours to go and swim with the humpback whales we had one of those booked and so we still went on that but i just changed my ticket to like an observer ticket um but you could still get in the water with like the, they do a couple of snorkel stops um and were, so yeah that was the first time i got in that were you like stressing about that has it been yeah like, i was i didn't which was weird like i didn't think that i would be i thought it would be all sweat um and then like probably about five minutes before we got to like where we were going to stop and jump in I just, yeah, kind of started getting real anxious and, yeah, it was kind of weird. It was a weird feeling. Um, but, yeah, like, luckily, so everyone else on the boat kind of jumped off and went and did their snorkeling and whatever. So it was just me left on the boat and then the skipper kind of just came down and started having a chat with me and took my mind off everything and all that. And then so I just kind of jumped in straight after that. And, yeah, it was really good. It was good to get back in. Um, and then every time after that, it just kind of got easier and easier. I cracked up because I saw on come through on work email, you know, the news headlines, and it was um, that that you were having a swim in Exmouth, and I was like, this is fucked. How funny like, is that? Eh? <laughs> Phil Phil swims Exmouth. I went for a swim this week. This is bullshit. <laughs> Where's my front page? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. So, okay, like the media was kind of it was going pretty strong for about two weeks after the attack, and then it kind of died down a bit. Um, and then, yeah, we went up on this trip to Exmouth. Oh, yeah. yeah I think I'd be, um... Right, so I was... So I'd done, like, quite a few interviews with different um, stations and everything. And um, eventually I was like, I've had enough of this. Like, this is too much. I'm not going to do any more. 
and then got a call from Triple J Hack, and I was like, all right, I'll do that. That's pretty cool. Like, yeah, I'll go on that for sure. Um, and then I was like, oh, but that's it. Like, not gonna do anymore. And then got a fucking phone call from like an international number and missed. It. Like, didn't take the call and then they left a message it was like oh this is blah blah from good morning america like we've heard your story we'd love to do an interview with you and shit so i was like oh <laughs> can't say no to that so then yeah, i did that as well and yes yeah, so that was all right madness yeah um and then yeah it all kind of died down and then we went up on the trip to Exmouth, and then um yeah and then kind of what well, mitch just posted like an instagram photo of us like in the water just being like uh like we're back in the water. It wasn't even the first time, but I think we had kind of worded it like it was the first swim. And then literally like what, like a couple of hours later, we're getting phone calls from um, Channel 7. We're like, oh, like we just seen like Mish's Instagram post. Like, can we do an interview with you? Like, great story about you getting back in the water and all this. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> so mental, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, Mish is frothing because they all get filtered down to the Daily Mail. And Mish doesn't mind a bit of the Daily Mail. Um, so you made the Daily Mail? Yeah. Yes! Was really yes. Funny. The article was Win. like, um, Phil swims with like, uh, I can't remember. But anyway, like, a glamorous girlfriend. It was like, yeah, oh, Phil and his glamorous yeah. girlfriend, like, <laughs> get back in the water. Zing. <laughs> yeah. Mish, should we post in that one again? Yeah. We'll repost every yeah. 12 months? We'll repost that, yeah. She was pretty happy with that one. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's epic. But, um, I'm yeah, glad that you, you like can laugh about it and see the side of it. Like, it'd be sick to see you back in the water at some point, but yeah, I completely understand if you never actually. Well, I'm gonna have to yeah, because JS. Think... So JS sent me a new board to replace this one that um, got eaten, and then a few friends just like kind of started putting together some money to get me like a new wetsuit. I think, and it ended up like getting like 30 people wanted to put money in, so they ended up with heaps of money. And so they got me a new wetsuit, this new fish over here, and they had like all this leftover money, so they got me an iPad as well. So I was just like... Inspiration, mate. Yeah, yeah it's like um, rolling in it now. I got all this yeah, free gear, yeah. all these free surfboards and stuff. So I'm going to have to get back into it. Yeah, I'm seeing a few rusty stickers around here, mate. You yeah, know, so yeah. Rusty, rusty hats, rusty shirts, rusty boards. Yeah, yeah rusty man. hooks me up, so... They so one of them had a, has a mate who's sponsored by Rusty, and so they were going to get the wetsuit through Rusty, and then the and the board as well. And so um, then yeah, Rusty got in contact with me to come into their thing to like organise doing the board. And um, yeah, then while we were there, he was like ended up just giving me a whole bunch of free clothes and everything. And sweet, I turned up with a stubby holder and a sticker. Yeah, mate, that's. that's- <laughs> That's as far as the one off the wood budget stretches. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll get some more ratings after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, just, I might post it on Mish's Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> that could be our entire marketing plan now. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. Man, there's actually nice, very nice stubby holders though. It's very nice. Yeah, we put a lot of thought into this. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> nah, it's good. I like it. Sweet. And what about down here in Marks? Have you gonna get back in or surfing like i won't hold you to it but uh, <laughs> but what's your thoughts on surfing down around here at the moment um yeah i mean i'm still i'm definitely keen to um i keep using my that my leg's still too sore isn't a bit of an excuse good it's a good one hold on to that <laughs> yeah so yeah i don't know man like yeah still it is still like the injury's still too sore probably for another i don't know it'll be another month or so before i'll like just physically be able to actually surf again 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see when it comes down to it. Mate, it literally is like a you know flash before your eyes moment because you know great whites are absolutely massive. Like it, yeah. it literally, you know, if it hit you on a different angle, you might not have been here. And yeah. I think I looked up a few stats. Globally, there's about four people die from shark attacks a year. That's globally, mm. and Australia's had seven fatalities this year. Yeah, that's seven fatalities. So. Like, man, it's just a crazy time, it seems, to be in the water. And, mm. you know, like the guy at, um, out at Snapper in the middle of no, like the middle of a pack or like one of, you know, one of the quotes was it's um, pretty much a kid's playground. Yeah, exactly. Down right, there. Yeah. And places like this, the notorious, even last week, you know, we had yeah. another fatality in WA down at Kelpies, which is what the second fatality there in three years. And yeah. before that, a guy lost both his arms mm. as well. Yeah. Like, it, it's a real... Like, I wouldn't blame you for not surfing, you know, and I think yeah. I, I only keep doing it because it's ignorant bliss, you know? Yeah, well, that's it. Like, when it, yeah, if you just block it out, then, but, yeah, I think, like, yeah, last week when the bloke down at Esperance got done, um, it really just yeah, it drives it home to me just how lucky, like, that I was and how bad it could have turned out. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy because, so, one of the guys who was out surfing with me, um, he said that he saw the whole thing. He was like facing, he was further out than I was. And he was like, cause it was a bit of a flat spell. So he was like facing into the beach. So he actually saw the whole thing happen. Um, and he said, is he been surfing again? Is he, he getting he, um, back in the water or? He, he's been real rattled by it. Um, yeah. he thought that, Yep, that I got bitten in half when, um, yeah, when he saw it, he saw it happen and he, when he saw, so he saw it like hit me and then kind of, he looked away and then next thing he saw was just like my head floating in the water with the massive shark right next to me and he, yeah, he thought that the bottom, my bottom half was gone. He thought it was just my top half floating in the water and um, so he just, yeah, beelined it straight to the beach and um, yeah, he's been pretty, he's been real rattled by it. Um, yeah, I definitely think like that. The bit that rattles me is that sharks eating people. Like I think I was, I you know, oh, it's only mistaken identity. They're not actually there. It's an accident sort of thing. But like Andrew Sharp down in Esperance, there, mm. like the story goes that he, he, you know, he's gone. Like no, there's no body. Like yeah. he's literally gone. And yeah. that's like a pretty concerning. Like what? What's your thoughts? And I don't know if this has changed from beforehand to like culling a shark that. Um, you know, has attacked someone and it's probably pretty hard to identify. Yeah, that's the thing. But like, it, I mean, you just got no way of knowing which one it was, I guess. Like, the straight after my attack, the fisheries guys went out looking for the shark and they never found it. Yeah. They never found any trace of it. So, I mean, to yeah. say... A situation like that where it's pretty, you know, kind of obvious there's a big five-metre white shark in the area, mm. what would you say? Like, would you be on board with killing it or... You know, is it nah. is it one of those things? Like, it's so it's such a weird thing to say. It is, yeah, Do you want a, retribution for an animal's mistake? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, nah. I don't. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm against culling. Um, I was yeah. I was before the attack, and I still am now. I don't think. I mean, you know, it's their ocean, and that's what they do. Like, we know that when we go in the water, and we know that there's a risk about it. So, I don't think that it's really fair to then go and just kill it just because it's 
you're stepping into their playground. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I like the term shark infested waters. Shark infested And it's like, waters. that's the same as saying this house is infested with humans right now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> what? That's where <laughs> they live. Where, like, that's just their place. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. If it was a shark infested forest, then we'd have some yeah. concern. <laughs> but these whales, something wrong, yeah. these whales trying to get on the land, mate, that's where <laughs> yeah. we've got issues. That's but, exactly right, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't, I sort of have the, of the opinion of if you can identify a rogue shark and if you look at when I first moved to WA eight years ago, it was right in the middle of five or six attacks all in a row. Yeah. And for me, it was almost obvious like it was a rogue shark, like mm. it was Cottesloe, Rottnest, you know, Port Kennedy, then Wedge, you know, mm. it was all like the same area in a row within a few months and just, it didn't seem right. Yeah. Like in that sort of instance. And then you go these years without them. Like, so my opinion is kind of of that. But uh, yeah, it's weird, right? We don't have a death penalty for people in, yeah, exactly uh, right. in for yeah. humans in Australia. That's so, right. So what's the difference? Di- like, yeah. People, but then, do worse, people do worse things than sharks do. Yeah. I mean, they put down dogs, right? If yeah. a dog attacks someone, That's the dog true. gets put down. So maybe we should have like shark jail. Shark jail, so yeah, like, just lock them up. Yeah, lock them up. So you get like effectively a life sentence, 25 <laughs> years in a zoo or something, or we yeah. stick them in a pool. Yeah. It's like, think about what you've done. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, you're just going to eat herring for the rest of your life, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it. So, <laughs> Tell your mates. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I just think it would be so hard to be able to identify that it was that shark. And because they move so much, like when I've been yeah, talking to these marine biologist guys from the fisheries, they're saying like they move, they can swim up to a thousand k's a day, kind of thing. Yeah, um, they're tagging them off Albany, and they're ended up on the east coast and or in South Africa, and yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, it's wild. Like they yeah, they don't. I don't know. I find it. I don't know whether they whether there's some that hang around in certain spots. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess the scientists would have to look into that. Fair enough, but, mate. I appreciate the um, yeah, taking the time to tell us the story, and I don't know if it's got me more rattled than I was before. Yeah, do you like when I, Well, I don't know. When I saw, you know, it was someone I know. It's like, oh fuck, this is actually a real thing. Like, you know, you're yeah. less than like less removed from it. Yeah, that's and right. Then, like yeah. looking at the board in front of me, that's in two pieces. You can, you know, imagine you sitting on that board. Like I've got a board. It looks very similar. And yeah. Yeah, I think you see it on the news or whatever, and you can detach. But yeah, it's that's pretty... right. Yeah, it's never like it's never anyone that you know or whatever. And then until yeah, it, is. it is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's pretty freaky. But who um, can you shout out to the guys that helped you out? What were their names? That, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so Alex Oliver was the guy with the longboard. He was the one first came straight over, and then um, there was two mates who were down there, Liam Ryan and Jess Woolhouse, and they were the other guys that yeah came over as well and. Yeah, weapons all, yeah absolute man just nuts crazy guys beast um, yeah <laughs> no that is awesome so we'll, we'll have to get some pictures and stuff but um on one off the wood uh we always well we have a few segments actually on one off the wood. we talk about what we're having off the wood so we might touch on that if you've got a uh, absolutely a second here what um it's pretty good actually i'm actually on. really enjoying it yeah so talk us through this tin you've got let's have a look so what is it Australian Session Pale Ale from Rocky Ridge Brewing Company. Um, I haven't heard of it before, but it's nice. It's a nice looking can too. I like the black top. It's pretty cool. 
They've got a Salador in Bustleton. Yeah. Apparently. Tap House and Salador in Bustleton. I've seen the, them before, but yeah, Black Cans are an interesting sort of setup. So the Session Ale. We usually rate our beers like by the session ability as well. And this is pretty good for a pale ale. Sometimes. It is, yeah. It's um very smashable. Definitely smashable. It's a bit, I feel like it's a bit lighter than like a typical pale ale. Like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm usually a lager drinker. Um, so I don't really get around the pale ales too often, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Well, there's a few more here. So 4.6%. Yeah, we can um, tuck into a couple of those. Um, and our last segment that we start, we finish with, I'm sure Andy and I will bookend this episode um, with a bit of chat, but um, we do what's got you frothing this week as well. So is there anything I should have given you a heads up on this one beforehand? <laughs> should have given me it's some a, time to think It's about. a what's got you frothing and it's like whether it's a song or a, you know, a Netflix episode you're watching or a new beer that you've tried or um, it can be literally anything that just got you that little buzz, you know, and you just get a bit frothed. And yeah. Like, well, you know what? You know what I'm going to say it is, is that Mitre 10 down the road just reopened. Um, <laughs> so, so we've got a Mitre 10. It's literally two minutes down the road and um was it earlier this year or was it last year it actually early yeah so earlier this year it burnt down had a fire (laughs) there and um it was yeah it was terrible it was shocking and we were like oh it's never gonna reopen whatever then because then the next closest hardware store is bunnings in Busso, which is a good like 25 minute drive away and um spewing so every time we needed a couple of screws i've got to do a fucking hour round trip to go to bunnings but um anyway mitre 10 is back open today and so, what did they say how'd they celebrate it so right, mate they were giving out free snaggers and it was free snag that's take that drink. bunnings yeah take exactly. that two dollars <laughs> fifty yeah. keep your fucking onions that's right <laughs> they're free at mitre 10 <laughs> free snaggers at mitre 10 mate it was just undercut them i did bet they didn't match that deal and beat it by five percent or whatever yeah, they do fuckers, uh, <laughs> yeah. top that mate yeah, uh, that's no, that was good. That was yeah, I'm frothing about that. <laughs> that's a sick frothing, mate. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Um, thanks for yeah taking one off the wood with us. Absolutely, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cowbunga. Wow. Um, yeah, that's a that's a crazy story, and it's kind of crazier than I was expecting. I thought, in my mind, when someone gets hit by a shark like that, it's like oh, you don't even see what happened. There's a bit of rigmarole and you've got a cut on your leg and then you swim in and you're not even sure what happened. Like I never really imagined that you turn around and you're staring down a great white face to face and shoving a surfboard in its mouth. Like it's so much more graphic than the kind of I think it would be in my head. Like absolutely crazy. Like did you – how how did you feel – asking me about does it make any does it make it any more real for you that you could get attacked yeah. by a shark in the surf or did it just seem like any story not not real i don't know i thought originally it was going to be a lot more real because it's you know someone that you know and they're telling this true story and, and looking at you and same thing i thought i hadn't heard the story at all so that was the first time i was hearing it as well and to get bumped off the board and I'm like, oh yeah, he's up. And then, you know, the shark realized it wasn't him and he's disappeared and they've all managed to swim in. But he's like, no, nah. and the way he was staring me down when he was telling me that, and it's like, it's just looking at you. It was 40 centimeters away, like yeah. less than two foot, just staring straight at him. And it, it was like the shark didn't know what to do either. And so he's just like, 
oh, I'll just shove this in its mouth. Like, and I've since then I've been thinking about it. Like, is that what I would do? Like, what 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 would you do if there was something there? And so it's pretty. Actually, it makes it so much more real. Those guys that came over and helped him, and helped him out of the water. Yeah. And then at the same time, I think I'm still quite detached from it. Where I just quite like the story and didn't fathom, and you know, we went surfing the next day. No worries. Yep. Well, fuck. Like, if you were going to let each these stories get to you, then you wouldn't surf anymore. You wouldn't get in the water. the The guys, the guy that paddled over, who's not even his mate. Like, because we've talked about this. Is like, would you paddle over? And it's like, it's a tough. You don't know what you do until you're in the position. Actually, it reminds me of when. Uh, you and I were surfing at Friendly Beaches, which is a spot on the east coast of Tasmania. This is years ago. East Friendly Beaches is like the most eastern point, I think, on on the Tasmanian mainland. <laughs> it's the Byron Bay of Tasmania. But anyway, surf was was small and, and shit. There's probably ten people in the water, do you reckon? You were f- I don't even think there was. I think I thought it was just us. There was a f- couple of others in the water. There wasn't many though. Because the waves were shit. I'd swum out just in a wetsuit to body surf and you were sitting maybe 10 metres beyond everyone else. Then I remember looking up and seeing a fin coming around the point and, um, and, I, and thinking, fuck, I'm just floating here in a wetsuit. Um, and a, someone yelled out shark and was pointing and you thought they yelled out set and there was a set coming. So you've spun around and started paddling towards the shark. I had already started swimming in because I was like, nah, I'm, I don't even have a board. I'm fucked here. And then I think you must have seen the fin and swung around and paddled in. And everyone paddled in and we got in and it was fine. And by the time I swung around, everyone was gone. <laughs> was like, <laughs> exactly, <happened> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a shark. <laughs> but if you've I don't been... know what shark, that was like a mako or something, like a real blue coloured shark and, and swimming from ages out so you could see it. Like it was... You could see it coming around the corner. And the fin was out the whole time, dead glassy day. Yeah, but, and we were only in real shallow, but still like quite, I don't know. It was, it was, I thought it was kind of cool, but didn't seem scary on that occasion. We just sort of came in and went, oh, we won't go back out. Yeah, There's a shark in the water. That's right. But I think That's in that I occasion, I uh, definitely swam. I was on the on the inside, just bobbing, and I swam in definitely. But if you'd been hit, I don't know. Like, I think I'd go and help you, but would I help someone I don't know? What if they dropped in on you in a couple of ways before that? Do you go and help that guy? What if he gave you the set of the day? You definitely go and help that guy. Justice. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. Great, a I lot of respect to that he, guy he, that went and helped him. Scary yeah, as oh, fuck, mate. Ab, absolute props to, to everyone that was there on the day and helped out. And whether you, even if you did swim in, we're not blaming you guys. No, good on you. But something that was um, interesting, and, and Phil told me afterwards, was about um, shark shields. So there's two types that I'd know of. One of them, you stick on your ankle, and it's like a leg rope with nothing on the other end, and it puts out. It's like a meter long. Puts out a, a little electric pulse and you use them for diving sure it does the other one yeah and the other one you have on a uh it goes like under your surfboard under your tail pad block and it's got a sticker that goes from the fins up to right under your chest and it and because it's got a bit of length in it it puts out a pulse same thing sure it does supposed to deter sharks (laughs) but 
there's um someone in the water had a shark shield and it had it on and working. Yeah, okay. On this occasion. So the whole like I I don't know if you've heard, but people have these rumors like that, oh, the shark shield attracts the shark to the area, but then of course it you know, it won't get within a couple of meters of the person with the shark shield on, but then it's already there and it's too late and it's inquisitive. And that kind of freaked me out and I was like, Yeah, fuck no one you never hear about that on the news. And then the other um shark attack that occurred down in um in Esperance was divers. So there was like a husband and wife and they were diving off um just off Esperance and they jumped in the water and apparently both of them had shark shields on. Now I'm not putting words in in, in anyone's mouth, but apparently they both had shark shields. They were both turned on and old mate Gary Johnson just got chomped straight away. And this is from his wife Karen and then only the next week, I don't know if this was just circumstance, I was watching that Abalone Wars on, um, just on TV. Abalone Wars, you were telling me about this. I haven't seen it. Sounds oh, good. Oh, it was the heck. I was like, Abalone Wars, oh, this would be interesting. And it's like <clears> one of those, you know, um, the fishing shows yeah. in the Barren Sea where they're getting crab Biggest. or crayfish or whatever. Yep. Biggest catch, whatever. But because whatever. it's in Australia. Yeah, deadliest catch. They don't, they don't think it's, they don't talk it up too much. Like it's just a standard sort of, Aussie, like, oh, it's pretty dangerous, but, you know, we'll get in anyway. We've got to get the job done. And um, this guy, Peter Clarkson, he's a sapper, and he he's, like, pretty nervous on this day. And and the guy, the skipper of the boat, he was like, oh, have you, you know, is there batteries in that shark shield? You know there's a tuna farm around the corner, yada, yada. And I'm sort of watching along, and, and the TV's talked it up. Oh, someone won't come back. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then the next film, the next frame is a bloody news presentation where – that guy just got eaten. Like he jumped in with a shark shield on his like on his air tube and he got eaten by two great whites, like torn to pieces. It's it's fucked up. So <clears throat> sounds like good good television, but anecdotally, shark shields are bullshit. And I think that makes a lot of sense to me that they would be. Um what do you, what do you get, think about the the stripes on the board? I know that you you're a fan of that. I don't think you've got any stripes on your board, but uh, I think the visual deterrent's probably better. Um, I've got the shark eyes deterrent that which is just two big eyes on, underneath my on my gun because I figure that's when I'm going to be sitting out in the middle of the ocean, you know, anywhere, and that kind of gives me a little bit of peace of mind. But um, like I was sitting out at um, surfers point at Margs one day just ended up by myself when I was in lockdown down there sitting out and when it's like six foot you're sitting a long way from where the waves are breaking and I felt a little bit better having that on the board but then like this is Bunker Bay right it's it's you know 10 foot deep it's sandy on the bottom you can clearly see a silhouette it, yeah it's a weird thing I don't know what, what do you think about the visual the visual stripes surely better than bringing attracting people in to get chomped i just i've been like browsing facebook market for surfboards lately and occasionally i find one that i want but it's yellow and then i've just read stuff recently about yummy yellow so mick fanning when he got bumped had a yellow board and then you start reading and it's like yellow boards seem to be the one and i can't remember where i read this but it was the guy was saying that yellow breaks up the surf. So if you're down on the bottom of the, on the sand looking up to the water, if you've got a white board or a blue board, 
it kind of just blends in with the blue water and the sky. But if you've got a yellow yeah. board, it's really juxtaposed against the blue water and a shark might be like, oh, what, what's that? I'll go and have a look at that and see what it is. So no yellow boards, that's my rule. Uh, no okay. yellow kayaks. That that's it. That's as far as I go. <laughs> Yeah, there's surely the stripes of work. Like it, it, it is just, it does blow my mind that you, you never see anything in the news. And obviously, Shark Shield's a company, so they're interested in you know not having that sort of news put out there about it. But it doesn't seem to make the media that they had these Shark Shield things on. And the whole, so the only thing I reckon Shark Shields are good for is a friend of mine, Timmy, was living down in Esperance, did a lot of diving, does a lot of fishing. And he had one and he had a spa at his house. We were down there um, hanging out with one of these Easter times and you get in the spa with a shark shield and a couple of people in the spa is fine, but you put eight people in a spa, the more people it seems to work a lot better and you put this shark shield on and it doesn't emit like an electric fence, you know, a consistent pulse. It's quite erratic. It'll do like a little one, a little one, a longer one and it's kind of tingles and it's all a bit of fun and then it just Kinky goes shit. bang and like <laughs> kicks the shit so you out can, of you. You can actually like feel it. out the spa. Really? No, like 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 bang, like proper getting hit by an electric fence but bigger. But the little ones like are quite, you know, it, it's a little pulse and it's kind of tickles and it's all right. But when it goes bang, that's a, that's a lot of good fun. So they should sell them for that sort of stuff, you know, spa I didn't parties. think that you'd be able to feel it. Because my theory on shark oh, shield is cracks. that it's complete bullshit and the idea of it is that shark attacks are so rare that it's we can invest in this knowing that the odds are in our favour that no one's ever going to be hit wearing a shark shield because like you said, there's only four shark attacks, you know, fatal shark attacks a year. But then if what they probably didn't account for is the people that are wearing them are probably the people that are most likely to be hit by a shark. So I don't know. I reckon they're rubbish like... You've listed three examples where they are. So, shark shield, bullshit, I'd say. I, I didn't even investigate it. That was three that jumped out at me. And I was like, fuck, I should say something. There's a there's a 60 Minutes episode in here, surely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's those uh, those wristbands that are supposed to make your balance better. Like, it's it's rubbish. It's, uh, it's snake oil, snake oil salesman. Sorry, shark shield. But, yeah, nah, good. Nah, good. Along. Um, something else, uh, Phil, he, he whipped out a T-shirt at the end. Um, that these people got in contact with him. It's called the Bite Club, the, oh, yeah. the B-I-T-E. So it's for survivors of shark attacks and their partners. And it's a, um, yeah, just the worst club of all time. They sent him a T-shirt. They like have little meetup groups and all sorts of shit. It's like this closed group on Facebook and they all talk about it and stuff. I was like, that's the most fucked club ever. Like, what? what is that? It's like, oh, I got a T-shirt. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess it's... um. It's a bit of a rare thing and you maybe you want to have, like, what do you call it? Like a little support group. Talk about it. Little, where did the shark which is show important. me on the doll where the shark <laughs> bit you? <laughs> yeah, something like that. He's actually, and he's bored. Um, the other thing that freaked me out about it, well, not that it freaked me out, when it, it really hit home for me because a lot of the photos of his board are on the bottom of it. But when he showed me the top of the board, and I think as a surfer, that's where you look at a surfboard from all the time. You're sitting on top of the thing. And so to look at it from the top, and it was like, oh, okay, this isn't a picture that you guys are going to all see on Instagram now. This is like a, a surfboard that could have been mine. And now there's a massive chunk out, and it's literally right where his leg was. I, 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 yeah. I, I fuck knows how it just grazed him. 
like it's it, it his leg must have been in its mouth completely or something like it it just is hit right there and that sort of yeah i don't know that that was where i sort of got a shiver i was like fuck that that's a yeah i think insane. <clears throat> i think it's the way that surface sit on the board as well because you've got you know one leg dangling each side your femoral artery is artery is actually really exposed if it does attack from that because he said it came from the right side from behind like that's and you're sitting there with your legs apart across the board i think that's why a lot of people die because that's where they get bitten and you bleed out quite quickly so he's so lucky i always when i feel like it's a little bit sharky and i'm sitting waiting for a wave i sit in the kayak stance so i'll put both feet flat on the deck with the knees up and in my mind that's heaps safer but it's probably not. Is that real? Do you actually do I that? I do that all the time. Yeah. It's also fun. A little <laughs> balancing act to do as well. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll have to think about that one. Pull the, pull the feet up like you're in a... Yeah. In so a you put your feet flat on the deck in front of you. Yep. And just, but then you still got your arms because you're balancing in the water, right? Oh, yeah. It depends how good you are at it. So, yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'd rather lose a hand. Um. Either way, he's been he's pretty lucky in the like for to be there. And he wasn't too um like he's pretty jovial about it and you know, he talks about how everyone was pretty cool on the beach and stuff and although getting back into the water for him has been pretty hectic and I liked that he um, you know, had a bit of a moment at in Exmouth, yep. slowly getting back in and the the day after we actually recorded, um, he had a swim down at Bunker Bay. Um, with the misses, just got back in the water again. So slowly, slowly, I think he'll he'll get out there and good on um, you know all those brands, Rusty and, and Chili and whatever for getting around him and, and um, hooking him up some some free gear. Did he get it? Uh, yeah. Did I, did I? I don't know if it's in there. I can't remember to be honest. But the um, the nose of his board actually they, like it disappeared, and some fisherman found it like twenty eight k's out to sea. It was like oh, there's a nose of a surfboard recognize it being bitten in half and thought i'll probably grab that and yeah. take it back and yeah found found um found fuel and returned it to him so like a week later or something like that pretty pretty wild sort of set of circumstances going on it is wild so how big do they think that shark was based on the bite and and the width it sounds fucking huge yeah they, they <laughs> i think um it's been said up to five meters, but because of the board snapped in half, they weren't able to get a, an exact reading on how big it was. There weren't enough teeth marks in the board. So it kind of has like, even with the board, you can see there's some quality teeth marks in it, but not enough in a row to measure a jaw circumference and sort of thing from it. So it's kind of like half bitten, you know, it's hit him at pace and launched him into the air, but hasn't really gripped on or mouthed it and hence why his legs just looks like a you know school pencil case with a giant zipper down it or something yep and does he hold ill will towards the shark no as he said he's he's not into um Culling. killing sharks at all and i probably like uh, I, I did a really poor job of of pushing him on that i didn't know how far to go but like i mean what what's your stance on it what do you reckon about the shark cull or or killing individual sharks or, or that sort of thing? I'm kind of, um, well, I think it just depends where you are and what the scenario is. I think somewhere like Reunion Island where it's basically killing a community's 
you know, fun and, and for what, you know, it's an island life is all about, then maybe a cull is the right thing to do there. I think in Australia, I don't know, but I think the mitigation stuff, the drum lines, the nets seems like a good idea in in the busy places. And I don't see anything wrong with hunting down a shark that's killed someone. We'd do it with any other animal. So I'm happy to yeah, to get the one. I think you and I are pr- pretty on par with that. Like the shark mitigation stuff does work and to a degree, like it's never going to be 100%. And no, well, that's a right. huge like... Look at the kick up. People cool and gather attack. The cra- yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like cool and gather. But they, they cracked it, cracked the shits about it in WA, bringing in drum lines and this sort of stuff. Yet on the east coast, Queensland, New South Wales, they've had drum lines, they've had shark nets for ages. It's just because it's new in WA that everyone is crying about it. But I think my personal stance on the is the the rogue shark thing. If you can identify a rogue shark, then sure, get get rid of it, get it done. And you know what? If it's not the one. But, you know, we get rid of it's one shark, shark anyway. <laughs> it's a shark. Like, how, when do we put animal lives above human lives? Like, it's, it is a shark. You know, that shark's... Uh, it, it, Team human especially is what you're saying. For, it's, not, it's not human, especially like 2011, 2012, when I first moved here. And it was like 400 kilometers, five fatalities, like Cottesloe, Rot Nest, yeah. uh, Bunker Bay bloody wedge island like they're all really close in proximity like that's got to be one shark when there's four in a year that happen you've got to go hang on a minute something's going on here we need to be looking for hunting down this shark that's eating people not just like accidentally or attacking or mistaken identity sort of thing like it's actually consuming people that one-off wedge island when um jesse our mate jesse went up there and interviewed the people and the guy says on it who she interviewed that was on the jet ski so it wasn't his mate they they were nearby and went to go and rescue him and they pulled this guy's torso up and the shark came back and took the torso out of their hands and ate it like it's gone you know like that's consuming people and same thing down in Esperance um only you know recently the Andrew Sharp like his body's never found he's gone and the same with earlier in the year Gary Johnson gone like they're not it's not like a shark attack or accidental. These these people have gone, like consumed. Yeah, and that That's seems up. That needs slightly to different to done. what's happening on the east coast of Australia at the moment. It's not yeah. six metre great whites consuming people. It's young great whites bumping people and and yeah, and cutting them so bad that they bleed out maybe. But yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. Look, Um, one good thing might be, and I mean, I noticed it on a road trip to Byron Bay, like this, there's a lot of beaches on the east coast of Australia with no one surfing. Like there's a lot of complaints about how busy it is at certain breaks, but there's fucking miles and miles of coastland with no, coast, yeah, coast, coastland. Coastland, yeah, I think that's right. Water botanists on the coastland. With no one surfing. And you look at it and think, fuck that, I'm not going out, you know, near Ballina somewhere. Could be a shark out there. But for those who are made of the right stuff, there's waves to be had. Just go and get amongst. So even, um, I remember we had a couple of years ago one, and I went down to um, place Guillotines, and you've got a four wheel drive in there, 
guillotines and gallows. People in WA will know it. You fall drive in, you like have a little look, and there's one guy surfing out there by himself. And I was like, there's waves to be had, but I was like, if I was that one guy, like, no way, like this chopper flying past every three hours, like, to check the water for you. Nah. Because that guy you know. is made of the right stuff. <laughs> Not I. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like you, if it was you with with me, and the waves were good, we would probably go out. It's like how many? You only need one other person to make it okay. <laughs> Generally. <laughs> yeah, you're dropping the odds by fifty percent. That's yep. the best it gets. You add three. You know, you drop it another twenty percent for yourself or yep. sixteen or something. It's it's not. Uh, yeah. Look. Anyway, we can chat about that. Anyway, I, I appreciate Phil um, coming on and 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 telling us, you know, the, the story and taking the time. That was pretty good. Thanks, Phil. By him and far out, it, it was good to see him. You know, when you say that to your mates, you go, "Oh, how you going? It's good to see you." It's like fuck me. That was it was genuinely good to see him because he. Very well, might not have been around. Absolutely. Andy, mate, have you got? Um, should we wind this up? We should wind it up. I know well, you've got a talking well, we really point had... here called media are scum. Are we media? Do we <laughs> class as media? I don't. We're not trained in any form of journalism, so we're probably worse than scum. No, I should say trained media are scum. The, yeah. <laughs> that's what that should have said. Amateur. It's fine. Um, fine. But can, I think I think what you're getting there is that um, Phil got hassled pretty hard by the media, and similar to if you go back to our podcast, um, kidnapped in Papua New Guinea with um, uh, what was his name? Sam Sam Newbury. With, yeah, with Newbs, the media didn't really cover themselves in glory in that scenario either, did they? Uh, pretty pretty ravenous bunch these days by the sounds of it you know you know one of our um one of our podcast guests one of the i think episode 10 ashley nelson former huh. hockey roo has just got a job uh permanent job with channel 10 in in sports journalism so she starts up uh this month so look out for her just a bit of journalist scum you know bouncing uh living the free life off her one off the wood appearance no doubt that was on the resume yeah one time appearer on one off the wood that was good. She was good. Go back and have a listen. We should get her back on now that she's famous. Now that she's scum. Yeah. Officially scum. Media scum. Um, look, like a, the 69 goals for Australia doesn't make you famous enough. Let's wind it up. Um, but look, today, what we normally start the episodes with what we are taking off the wood. I've got actually a pink and rainbow can from one of my favorite <laughs> breweries, Cooper's. It's a Coopers hazy IPA. I don't know if it's a, if it's a, um, you know, like a short term beer, but it's. I like it. It's delicious. It's a. It's got a real craft beer flavour to it, but not over the top. Medium smashability, I'd say. Quite tasty to have one or two, um, and I think it really shows that Coopers are getting in touch with the LGBTQI community after not really covering themselves in glory a few years back in that department. So they, <laughs> that's the way I see it. Mate, I, I think I agree with all your points there. It's um, the hazy IPA. I don't know what hazy means. I think it means kind of cloudy. 
Is yeah, that, I haven't poured enough? it into Have a glass, it but it would a... be like a cloudy IPA, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Not quite as smashable as the pale ale that Phil and I had down in Duns. Um, so, yeah, maybe for me it's a it's a four or a, a, probably a four on the smashability. Not too much too much IPA, but very tasty. And I like to see the big breweries getting into some niche sort of stuff, um, you know, limited editions and things. So I like it. Yep. So very good. Well done, Coopers. Thanks, well Coopers. Well done on your cute fancy pink we're looking to partner up with some beers as well so if there's any breweries out there that want to um partner up with one of the wood reach out find us at one of the wood on instagram and uh yeah anyone listening give us a follow on instagram that's our one social media account at one of the wood um, and of course, we'll be posting all the links to Manscaped as well. Your one OTW, 20% off free shipping. Get around that. Hit that on the website. I've checked it out. It does work. So all the links are going to be in the show notes and on our Instagram pages to to that sort of stuff. Mate, I tell you what, I'm feeling pretty generous, Andy. What do you reckon we give some shit away with our one off the wood as well? I think we should. I'm feeling generous as well. Although I didn't buy the the stubby holders, but tell us what are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> I, I reckon I'm thinking right. Like if you if you go on and buy some manscaped kit, so you get your your ball trimmer or um, they've they've actually got like a little you know fingernail trimming kits. They've got underpants and t-shirts and uh, ball preservers and ball revivers and all sorts of it's, shit on the, the way. Lawn so it's actually pretty 3. good. The lawnmower 3.0 is 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 the main bit of kit, but. The actual the cream that goes on the balls after and and the little sprays it freshens it up, makes it smooth. It's I don't I will never go back. I will never go back. <laughs> it's a delicious bit of kit. So the first person that orders anything anything at all I don't even if you don't get the the lawnmower anything at all off Manscaped, um, wax in your one off the wood your one OTW code gets yourself twenty percent off and free shipping. Send us a screenshot, slide right into the Instagram DMs, and I will send you a sticker pack and a uh, one off the wood stubby holder to go with it. I'll, I'll write your name on it. Um, one of our bloody listeners even got a, a can of export sent to Victoria <laughs> by me. I was feeling fucking very generous. Feeling Must have generous had a few tins I was packing that one. <laughs> Just said, I was like, oh, old mate will want this one. He threw an export can in there for him. So that could be you as well. You never know. I was feeling bloody generous. Yeah. And look, if you do want some other one off the wood kit I think we've still got t-shirts left there's still a few stubby holders um, yeah hit the link in the Instagram bio that'll take you to the shop get yourself a t-shirt um, like yeah fancy stickers in the lot um, let's finish this up Andy as always with my favourite segment that we do on this podcast my absolute favourite segment it's called what's got you frothing we should make a jingle for that what's yeah. got you frothing this week Andy tell me what's got you frothing Oh, mate, I was thinking about this today and you know what has got me frothing is Victoria just announced that they're getting out of lockdown. So I'm frothing on behalf of all Victorians and my friends in Victoria who have been locked up for three months plus, I think, and everyone's losing their fucking mind and Daniel Andrews has finally turned the lockdown off as of today tomorrow something like that so and then i've also booked some flights to tassie for christmas on the idea that they've actually opened up to sa queensland wa even though wa you bastards aren't opening up to anyone else 
But I'm just frothing that Australia is starting to open back up. And I'm positive, I'm hoping that we become an open country where we can move freely within, including Western Australia was, including Western Australia. Because we've got, we live on a fucking massive island. So if we can't keep coronavirus out and live in harmony between the states, then I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I think everyone's on board, everyone's heading the right direction, except for you fuckwits in Western Australia who are like, nah, we've got the gold. <laughs> like, get fucked. We're keeping the country running. We've got some sick tourism. It's been sick watching, I was talking about it again today, people in WA going to places in WA and then like going, oh, it's so good to live in this state and they're in Exmouth or in the Broome or they go to the Kimberley and it's like, you fucking, there's no way you would have ever gone here if Bali was open. It's like, yeah. oh, Bali every year, you know, sit at bloody Mississippi's or potato head or some shit. And it's like, you look at you like spruiking how good you your go state to is because you, you can show go off. to Cuda. Like, like, come on. Yeah, what the fuck? So I've actually loved it. I'm all about Australian tourism anyway and spruiking that. So I think it's grouse that people are getting around it. Um, but yeah, it would be good. I agree. Open the place up. Um, we'll be there. We won't be too far behind you. We're coming. Urban Surf opened back up. So if you would open your borders, you and I could meet at Urban Surf and surf that freezing cold concrete playground. And we will. We will. It's get, we're going to have... Um, we're going to smash lots off the wood when we get to do one of these pods. That'll be one to listen to, won't it? A face-to-face -face podcast. If, 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 for yeah. new listeners, I'm in Sydney, was in Perth. But we used to be able to have face-to-face -face due to our work schedules time. every few weeks. But now, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time. Anyway, was what's got you time. frothing this week? Oh, mate, I am frothing maybe one last time, but I am frothing on the rodeo road again. It's... um. Again, for new listeners, I've been competing in rodeo for the last three to four years. I'm at least 10 years too old to be competing in rodeo, in the bull riding, a um, bit of bronc riding as well. But uh, Boddington Rodeo is next week, November 7th in Western Australia. If you're lucky enough to be in the big state, get a ticket, get down, come and smash one off the wood with Wazza. I would love to see. I'll bring a bunch of merch down and I'll... Bloody just give it away because, you know, I'm that kind of guy. If you come and say g'day and yeah. and I'll swap you a beer for a stubby holder. How's that sound? But, uh, mate, I'm, I'm frothing for it. I've got the 44-gallon drum in the lounge room. I've been getting on it every day, practicing taking my rap, getting up and about. I am very keen and uh, this is the last time. Not, not, not this bullshit John Farnham tour. Mate, I am done. It's the last one. Unless I win, obviously, and then, you know, I'll go around again because you've you got to defend the title. I don't think you have to go around again. I think it should be the last one. I think you should play to win. You should look at Khabib Namurgamedov, who just uh, just retired from MMA on top. Mummy, mummy told him. Yeah. Mummy told him to retire. Well, so fuck. He said, Fair Robin, enough. if you're listening, <laughs> tell Woz that it's this is the last one. But, um, yeah, exciting. Be good. Send us uh, maybe post a picture of you in the lounge room on the forty-four gallon drum for the for the people, right. so they can see how much <laughs> of a, a weirdo, weirdo you actually are. Um, and it's a weird setup, but it's good. But it, come, come on down, and I've also made a rodeo playlist as well because that's what you want to be training. You got gym music, you got your surf pump up, <laughs> and you've got your your rodeo music as well. So I've got all the best rodeo songs on one playlist there for me. And that, that gets me frothing to, uh, frothing to train and yeah, frothing for one last time. 
November 7th, get a ticket, Boddington, do it. You're going to give us a rodeo track. We'd like to end every episode with a song, which I normally pick because you're not organised and your taste in music is terrible. So I don't know about that. <laughs> I think people are going to agree with me. I think they're going to froth on this tune. I had I a, so. It was a very tough to, to choose. There's quite a few on the rodeo playlist. So I might even post on the Instagram the, my playlist that I've made to get going on this. But um, Chicken Fried, mate, by the Zach, Zach Brown Band. You can't go past Chicken Fried for a rodeo tune. Everybody gets in the mood. Listen to this. And when you get towards the end of it and you find yourself singing along and you're like, you're halfway logged into the uh, the Manscaped website and you're downloading um, the playlist and you're going, you know what, I'm just going to skip on over to Eventbrite and order myself a ticket because I'm coming for one off the wood at Boddington Rodeo. Yeehaw! <laughs> oh, dear. Hooroo <laughs> was... All right, mate. Hooroo, bloke. You know well, I'm a chicken fry. Cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And the radio Well, I was raised up beneath the shade of a Georgia pine And that's home, you know Sweet tea, pecan pine, homemade wine where the peaches grow In my house it's not much to talk about But it's filled with love is grown in southern ground And a little bit of chicken fried Cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And the radio Of a precious child and old mother's love. It's funny how it's the little things in life that mean the most. Not where you live, what you drive, or the price tag on your clothes. There's no dollar sign on a peace of mind. This I've come to know. So if you agree, have a drink with me, raise your glasses for a toast to a little bit of chicken fried. Cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And the radio world I like to see the sunrise See the love in my woman's eyes Feel the touch of a precious child And know a mother's love stripes may freedom forever fly let it ring salute the ones who die the ones that give their lives so we don't have to sacrifice all the things we love 
like our chicken fry and cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right and the radio. Touch of a precious child and no mother's love. Get your little chicken fry and cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right and the radio. Up. A lot to see the sunrise. See the love in my woman's eyes. Feel the touch of a precious child and no mother's love. 